Well, hey, everybody, and a very big welcome. If you're joining us for the very first time here at Victory Life Church Online, my name is Pastor Craig, and I'm really excited to be able to welcome you here today as you join in at Victory Life Church Online from wherever you are in the world for our midweek services. Wasn't 2017 a bit of a whirlwind for you? I know uh, for me it was a bit of a whirlwind. Things went by so quickly. And here at the Victory Life Church Online campus, we really focused during 2017 on making sure that we had a technical platform that was ready to serve the world, ready to reach the world with the gospel. And so as we continue on that momentum that we, we started in 2017, here's where we need you in 2018. In 2018, as we grow out and go to more countries across more time zones, we're going to have to really increase the number of services during the week and possibly even on the weekend. And to do that, we need people that can welcome people on the platform, pray with people on the platform, and just stir and excite people in the chat room as they move and are part of the platform here at Victory Life Church Online. To do that, we just need you to say to yourselves, hey, I would love to serve. I would love to be part of Victory Life Church Online, but more importantly, I'd love to reach the world. I'd love to be able to love on people from around the world. If that's you, if you'd love to help us in 2018 as a host, please engage with us in the chat room. Click on the banner uh, and just say, yes, I'd like to help out around here and start off 2018 serving people from around the world in an international ministry. We'd love for you to participate and be part of. If you've been joining us for all this time and all you've really been doing is, is uh, clicking on the wide screen and receiving the incredible messages that uh, Pastor Dwayne and the other speakers at Victory Life Church bring us, well, that's great. And thank you so much for being part of Victory Life Church online. But maybe today the Lord will prompt you to take the next step here online to become a host and help out around here. To do that, just get involved in the chat room right now. Just minimize your screen. Take it back to the small size. Uh, it's okay. My face doesn't need to be that big across your screen. Bring it down to the small size and uh, engage in the chat room and get to know some of the other people from around the world. For those of you joining us here in the room and for those of you joining us online, a very big welcome. We're in the middle of a series entitled To Be Trusted. And if you haven't been able to listen to the other messages thus far on To Be Trusted, well then, it's good that you can just click on the link that's being provided to you now and that'll take you to a place where you can listen to the first two parts of the series, To Be Trusted. We've been taking a look at the revelation word of God, what it means to be obedient, why we can trust that God has good in store for you in His Word and in His commands, and He's not trying to limit you and to try and take the life out of you, but rather enable you to have a good and prosperous life. And we've been having a look at the Word, and we've been studying what it means to really be in God's Word and how we can trust God's Word in our lives. And if you haven't already done so, please feel free to listen to those other two teachings that make up this series, and we're going to continue uh, for the next couple of weeks having a look at God's Word and what it means to trust in God's Word in your life. I'm really excited, though, because coming up this weekend, we are launching our online life groups around here at Victory Life Church Online, and uh, we're going to be listening to Pastor Jacob Sheriff as he teaches us about life groups and community, and then on Wednesday um, next week and Thursday next week, our midweek services next week, Misty Robbins, our, our life group coordinator here at the Victory Life Church Online campus, will be bringing a word on community as well, and uh, really looking forward to joining you from around the world in life groups as we start our next semester of, of life groups here at Victory Life Church Online. Yes, you can do life group. Yes, you can be part of a group from wherever you are in the world. Technology enables us to be part of each other's lives 
all the time from wherever you are in the world. So we're really excited about life groups. Before we jump into week three of To Be Trusted, let's just pray together, and then we'll jump into the Word and see what the Lord is doing and saying to us this week. Father, we thank you so very much that your Word can be trusted, that you are doing so much through us, changing lives around the world because of what we are able to do, empowered by you here on the online platform. Thank you so very much that we can speak out to nations, break open nations with your word because of what you've empowered and enabled us to do. Father, as the word goes out tonight, today, whenever people are listening, as the word reaches them, can they, can they just be changed by your word? Can hearts be softened and minds renewed? because of what you are sharing with them through this broadcast. And we thank you so very much for all that you are. We declare that you are our God, and there is no other. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all of God's people around the world and in the room said, Amen, Amen. You might want to take out your Bibles. You might want to open up your U version. You might want to get ready, because we're going to be having a look at Psalm chapter 119 from verse 17 onwards. Um, but before we do that, let's just do a very brief recap and have a look at what's happening and what's going on in our trusted, To Be Trusted series. If you have a look at uh, the, the, the theme scripture around this um, series was Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 26. And uh, that scripture really was unpacking a guy by the name of Simeon. Simeon was a man that had, had received a, a word from the Lord. He had received an unction in his, in his heart and in his mind. And, and, and he had been believing for a long time that Jesus Christ was coming. He had devoted his life to that word that he had received. He, he, he lived at the temple in expectation of Jesus, the baby, arriving at the temple with his parents. And what joy in his life, what incredible, immense joy in his life happened when all of a sudden one day he saw the baby that was to be Jesus, that would become the Messiah, that would become the Savior of the world. And he knew straight away that the word that he'd been given and the events unfolding in front of him matched. And at that moment, he said to all the world that no matter what happens to him now, now he could die because this joyous event had come to pass and he didn't need anything more in life other than to see God's word activated in reality in his life. And as we have a look at that scripture in Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 26, just going to read those two verses in introduction today. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him, say the word revealed, if you're at home, shout it out to the TV right now, the screen you're looking at, say the word revealed, had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, I want you to, just for a moment, park that word revealed in your mind. Just, just park it, sum it up, and just know that we're going to come back to that word revealed in that story. And while we're thinking of that word revealed, I want you to, just in agreement with me, just agree with me that this world is in need of encouragement. This, this world is in need of feeling good about what's going on. This world is so bent on, on showing the world our weaknesses and then showing the world the world's weaknesses to us. We, we get told that we're not good enough if we're not wearing the right thing. 
We get told that we're not good enough if we're not hanging out with the right people or living in the right neighborhood. The world is showing us what's not right with us all the time. We open up the newspapers and we have a look at what's going on around the world and the world is just, is just shouting out at us all the weaknesses and all the flaws in society and, and, and just how bad things are. And I don't know about you guys sitting here or you guys at home, but man, it gets tiring living a life where we don't feel good about the life we're living, where we don't feel good about the impact we're making. We, we, we're living a life that's really, that's really kind of dragging us down and, and making us heavy. Well, we need some encouragement. The world needs some encouragement. If, if you're living a life right now, if you've got situations in your life right now that, that just, man, it would just be good to wake up in the morning and those things are gone. They, 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 they're not hanging around our necks anymore. They don't, they're not weighing us down. They're not worrying us. They're not causing us concern. Wouldn't it be awesome to live a life of that kind of joy, that kind of goodness, that kind of peace? If that's you, if you agree with me right now, why don't you click on the That's Me banner? Yes, That's Me banner. Just click on that banner and say, yes, I'm in agreement. I need some encouragement in my life. And even when we are sold out to Jesus and we sold out to what Jesus does and who Jesus is in our life, we still need some encouragement. Sometimes the grind of the world just takes out that encouragement and we are lost and we feel like this world is just getting on top of us and we're not going to be able to go on. In fact, this world kind of wants to bind us and keep us. Now, when I say that, I often muse at the fact that a lot of people, and maybe this is you, that, that say, well, God is the one that's trying to control us. God is the one that's trying to limit us. God's got all these rules and regulations. You know those rules and regulations even though you don't know the Bible. You might be saying to you, Craig, I, I know what God thinks of me. I know what he says about me. I know all the rules that are in the Bible that I've broken and that I, I haven't got good at. Or I, I've, just, I've given up trying to please God. God is not pleased with me. I feel that all the time. And, and maybe you've even used some of those scriptures in the Bible to go, see, God just wants to control us. God just wants to put us in the mold. God wants to suck the life out of us. And I want to tell you that God's not the one sucking the life out of you. The world is trying to control you. The world is trying to put you into a box. The world is trying to make you think like it's, it's thinking, that like, like everybody else is thinking. The world is trying to get you to conform and remove your will, your sense of joy, your sense of life. God, in fact, is the one that wants to give it to you. God, in fact, is the one that wants to have or give you a life of, of love and joy and peace. But you know what? We're not going to get any of that if we are so bent on being discouraged. If we're so bent on complaining. If we're so bent on speaking life down, of not feeling like there's purpose and direction in our lives. We, we're not going to see God's joy and God's peace if we don't sense that He wants to encourage us and press us onward. And so when it comes to this encouragement, this word, this, this sense of actual goodness in this world, I, I don't know about you, but, but when it comes to feeling encouraged, if I could just feel that even in my bad situation, there's some goodness we're moving towards, there's, there's some silver in the lining of the cloud, or there's something good happening, even in the, the difficult situations, if I can just know that there's some goodness happening in that space, that it's not all bad, I'm encouraged. Because I'll get up in the morning and despite my circumstances, 
I'll try and find that goodness. I'll try and find that silver lining. And if we can just know that in whatever situation we're in, there's something to hold on to, some goodness that we can hold on to for encouragement, for, for direction, for help, well then maybe, just maybe, what God says about us can be trusted. The promises that God places in the Word, the things that He says about you and me, those alone can be trusted and give us some form of encouragement. Now, I know I asked you earlier to, to go to Psalm chapter 119. For those of you who are not familiar with the Bible, and you might be using a Bible tonight, you might have found yourself in front of the screen and, and have a Bible in front of you. Psalms is the book that's kind of right in the middle of the Bible. It, it looks like a whole lot of poetry. It's not a whole lot of words on the, on the page. It's kind of why I like it. It doesn't have pictures, but at least it's not so wordy. But um, Psalm 119, we're going to be having a look at chapter 119 and uh, verse or section 17 of that chapter. So uh, why don't you page there, or if you're looking it up on, online, you can go along to Psalm 119 and verse 17, and we're going to read from there onwards to find some encouragement and what is the source of encouragement? Psalm 119 verse 17 says, Be good to your servant, that I may live and obey your word. Be good to your servant, that I may live and obey your word. Did you notice that goodness, the source of our encouragement, goodness is in fact linked to obeying and living out God's word in our lives. Did you notice there that he says that, that goodness will be happening in my life, goodness will be part of my life if I'm obeying and living out God's word. Now when I look at obeying the rules, when I look at obeying a set of rules and limitations and things I should or should not do, obedience is a negative word. And when we get to know some of the rules... I don't know if some of you have perhaps read the laws of your country or, or, or the bylaws of a club that you're in. They can get pretty wordy and, and they can get pretty fine print and long listed. And sometimes we, we get to know the laws. We know the letter of the law. We know the scripture and the verse. We know the text. We, we know all of that and we know what we are supposed to be obeying. But living it out is what is attached to obedience in the scripture. Did, it see, did you see there? Goodness will come to my life. When I live out, not just have head knowledge of, but actually live out the Word of God. In other words, what we need to see, when we want to see goodness in our life, when we want to feel good and we want to move forward and we want to be encouraged in our lives, uh, not taken away from, robbed, stolen, and destroyed. No, when we want to move forward and we want goodness in our life, we need to not only know the Word of God, but we need to activate that knowledge in our lives. And by activating that knowledge in our lives, the word we use around in Christian circles is the word revelation. Revelation is the activated knowledge of the Word of God in our lives. It's actually walked out. It's actually believed. It's actually changing the way we live our life. Activated knowledge of the Word of God. Now, you might be thinking about some Christians who have a lot of knowledge of the Word of God. They can rattle it off. They can say it out. They can, they can do and they can speak out all these things about what's in the Bible. But when you look at their lives, they are sad people. They are lost. They are lacking in encouragement. In fact, there's not much goodness in their lives. And as a result of that, you might have made a decision that Christians are all hip hypocrites. They, they say one thing but do another. 
Well, the thing that changes us from hypocrites to sold-out believers of Jesus Christ is the activated knowledge, the revelation of God in our lives. When we know that God has spoken to us, that word has changed us, and we want to activate it, we want to walk it out in our lives, that is when we close the gap between spoken and doing. And we actually are making a difference in our lives. The revealed word of God. But it's not just living. Did you notice that in verse 17? It says there's goodness to your servant when we live and obey the word of God. Obedience is linked to revelation. And revelation is linked to the activation of God's word in our lives. And that all is linked to you and I having goodness in our life. If we are obedient, we know it, and we are willing to live it, reveal it, well then, we're going to see goodness in our lives. And we'll have that encouragement that we so desperately long for. Have a look as, as the scripture continues in verse 18. It says this, Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Open my eyes, reveal to me. Isn't that another way of saying, open my eyes, is reveal to me the wonderful words of your instruction? Wonderful words, wonderful words of truth. Man, I, I don't want to believe the words of the lies that the world gives me. I want to really believe and activate the wonderful truths in the Bible. The wonderful truths that tell me that I am loved. The wonderful truths that tell me that God wants the very best for me. The wonderful truths that tell me that even though I'm suffering from disease, God's heart desire is to see us healed and walking in divine health. The wonderful truths that tell me that everything I put my hand to will be blessed and prosper. The wonderful truths that tell me that right now the year of the Lord's favor is upon you. These wonderful truths when they are walked out and revealed in our lives, that is when goodness and encouragement flows into our lives, when we are willing to activate the knowledge of the Word of God in our lives. Now, you, you might know the promises. You might know and understand all the things that God is saying and doing and all the promises He's spoken. But when we actually start walking out those promises and living our lives as they are true, activating those truths in our lives, then look at the wonderful thing, goodness and wonder comes into our lives. The crazy thing about this word reveal, remember we, we spoke about Simeon, the word reveal, and now we see that open my eyes, reveal is coming up again. When we speak about this word revelation, and then we put it into context with Jesus when we put it into context with John chapter 1 and John chapter 3, where God says that Jesus was the full revelation of who He is to man. So Jesus was the full revelation of God. And when we walk out the revelation of God in our lives, Jesus, when we walk out Jesus in our lives as the Word of God, when we walk out what He did, what He spoke, the promises He made, when we actually activate and allow Jesus to be activated in our lives and not just know of Him or resent Him or think that He's a good guy but you're not willing to surrender your life. No, when you actually activate all that Jesus is, the full revelation of God to man, when we activate that revelation in our lives, watch the goodness, the encouragement, and the wonder flow into your life. 
while you are dabbling with, questioning if Jesus is actually real, if he really made a big impact, you are dwelling in the knowledge space. But until such time as you allow just one or two of the truths that he taught to actually be activated in your life, you are always going to dabble. You are always going to be wondering if you are never going to see the full revelation of God in your life and as a result, the fullness of his goodness and his promise for you. Many things prevent us and many things prevent us from being and seeing goodness in our lives. And man, I'd love to see goodness all the time in the world. We look at the newspapers and goodness is the last word on our minds. Sometimes when we look at our own lives, we, we feel that goodness is the last thing that people see in us. We, we think that we are not good enough. Not good enough. There's not enough goodness to make us be good in our lives. And we, we think of what this goodness means. This goodness is in fact linked to this revelation. We can't have divine goodness. We can't feel divinely good enough until we've had revelation of the full word of God in our lives, activated Jesus in our lives. We, we can't see this goodness and how it is revealed to us because we are so blinded by the things, the badness, the wickedness of the world. Goodness is directly linked to revelation. And goodness, if it's linked to revelation, is linked to the activation of God in your life. And the Word became flesh, and God loved the world, and so Jesus was this full revelation of the goodness of Christ in your life. Anything that you experience that is good comes from God. Anything that you experience in your life that is good has been made possible through Jesus Christ. And anything that you notice that is good in your life has been brought to your attention by the Holy Spirit. Goodness is fully appreciating who God is, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And not just appreciating it, but activating it in our lives. Psalms then goes on in verse 19, chapter 19, to show us, hey, here's a few things that might rob you of this revelation, and therefore rob you of the goodness that follows. Here's a few things, a few warning elements that we can have a look at to say how do we implement, how do we activate God's Word in our lives and how do we make sure that anything trying to smother that Word, stop that activation, is put aside so we can have the goodness that He promised in verse 17. Let's have a look at verse 19 now. It says, I am only a foreigner in the land. Don't hide your commands from me. What that scripture is telling me that sometimes I'm going to feel like a stranger in my own hometown. I'm going to feel like I'm not good enough. I don't fit in. I'm not the, the center of the party. I, I, I'm, I'm the outcast. I, I'm not going to be the most popular. I've got too many things wrong with me to be accepted by God. He's not going to want me. I'm a foreigner to him. I'm, I'm something strange to him. We've got this constant barrage of messaging from the world that what you've got is not good enough. And we feel like we are out of place. There's another banner that's just popped up underneath the screen that says, yes, that's me. If that's you, 
if you can find some commonality of what I'm saying to you, that, that sometimes you just feel like a foreigner. Even in your own family, you feel like an outcast. Sometimes I feel like a foreigner in my own skin. I just don't feel like I fit in. I don't feel like I've got it all worked out. I feel like I'm a pilgrim just wandering from point to point. Life is just taking me on a crazy journey all over the place. Well, then he says, if you feel like that, don't let that feeling of being a foreigner overwhelm you and hide God's word from you. You see, that's exactly what the world wants you to think. That God can't be real, hides God from you. God can't be real because you don't fit in with God and God doesn't want you. That's what the world wants us to think. The world wants us to think that for a moment, we're not good enough. We don't belong to God. We are not part of the promises of God. We, we, we need to do more, get more, try more, strive more to be something that we, we've never been intended to. And when we, when we start chasing that, the Bible describes that as chasing after the wind. But when we start chasing after the full revelation of God to man, Jesus Christ, Jesus himself said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was the full revelation of God to man. And when we start chasing after him, when we start becoming overwhelmed by his teachings, we will be overwhelmed by goodness. We'll be overwhelmed by order in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I could do with some godly order sometimes in my life. We will be overwhelmed with the good things. We'll be overwhelmed with encouragement when we accept the promises of God in our lives. And if you have a look at verse 20, it says, I'm always overwhelmed with a desire for your word, with a desire for your regulations. You see, the world wants us to be overwhelmed with how it thinks. And when we are overwhelmed by how it thinks that we are foreigners, we're strangers, we're weird, we're crazy. When we, when we think like that, God's word gets distanced from us. God's word and the revelation and the joy and the goodness that he intends for us is distanced from us. But what the psalmist, what David is trying to tell us today is rather be overwhelmed with God's word. Because then verse 17 is true. Rather be overwhelmed with God's word because then verse 17, the goodness of him, the goodness of who he is can become into your life. You see, when we lose sight of God's goodness, we lose sight of God's revelation. When we lose sight of the goodness of life and we feel discouraged, revelation dries up. And when the revelation, the activation of God's word in my life dries up, well then I feel discouraged. Goodness is far from me, and I don't feel like I'm worth anything. Verse 20 gives us the answer to this overwhelming feeling. It doesn't matter that you feel overwhelmed. I'd rather be overwhelmed by God's word than be overwhelmed by the life of this world and what this world is telling me. The second thing, the first is feeling like a foreigner, feeling like a stranger, feeling that you're not good enough. The second thing that, that will take us from the space of revelation and joy and goodness in God's word is pride. When we think that we can make up our own rules, when we think we can make up our own belief mechanism, when we think that we can make up our own understandings and live our lives according to our own understandings, when we think that we can replace things like God is a creation master, where he is the, the creator, when we can take the ethos of life out and put our own understanding, our own Big Bang theories, our own evolutionary theories, our own things in its place, 
Well, then, if we're putting our word over God's word, revelation will be far from us. We're not going to want the revelation of God's word in our lives. And I want to say to you, is, as soon as you unplug the revelation of God's word in your life, you're unplugging his goodness and encouragement from your life. It's the source of where we get the promises of what he has planned for us. It's the source of what he wants to reveal to us, the goodness, the love, the joy, the peace that he has for us. It's not his way of trying to control us. No, it's his way of pushing back the darkness of this world, the being hid by this world, the being overwhelmed by this world, and allowing his revelation, his light, the activation of his word, the activation of Jesus in your life, to start changing how you feel about life. Verse 21 tells us, You rebuke the arrogant, those who wander from your commands are cursed. When arrogance and pride sets in, we automatically wander from His words. And then we feel cursed. So what do we do? We blame God even more, come up with more of our own regulations, and feel even more cursed. And we get into the cycle of blaming God and walking away from God, wandering from God. So humility is what we need to start operating in. We need to start stopping and saying, hang on, I want to turn to God's commands in my life. I don't mind that my body, my flesh, so desperately wants to go in one direction, but God is telling me to go in another. I'm going to go God's way because when I back my flesh, I never see goodness. <laughs> if that's you, click on the That's Me banner right now. You tell me, vote right now by clicking on that banner. It says, you know what, when I go the way of my flesh, it very rarely lends or leads to goodness. But when I choose God's way, it always leads to goodness. Click on that banner right now and say, yes, that's me. I understand that. I get that. When I've gone my way, there's very little goodness. When we wander from His commands, we demonstrate pride. Humility, however, turns us to His commands. It turns us to His revelation. And therefore, it turns us to His goodness because it's turning us to the full revelation of God to man, Jesus Christ. Have a look at verse 22. The third thing that can rob us of revelation and therefore rob us of goodness. Verse 22 says this, Don't let them scorn and insult me, for I have obeyed your laws. I don't know about you, but life sometimes is made even more difficult when those around you speak badly of you, put you down, undermine you, berate you, belittle you, and cut you at the knees. You see, when we have a look at the process of this world, it's always telling us that we're not good enough, that we're being rebuked and scorned by this world. The Scripture tells us that at that moment, we don't believe the words of the world. We don't believe the words of the loved ones that wanted to try and put us down, that we thought were supposed to love us but, but belittled us. We don't believe those words. We don't believe the, the belittling words that happen between our two ears. No, we don't believe those voices. Have a look at what it says. When you feel put down, when you feel cursed, when you feel scorned, Obey God's laws. Because that is where you're going to find the joy that those scornful words rob you of. 
That is what's going to replace in you that which the world is trying to take out of you. That which loved ones, so-called loved ones, are trying to take out of you. That's what friends who belittle you are trying to take out of you. Even though this is never going to stop, this, this world trying to take out of you, we know that we can be filled up with joy, filled up with peace, filled up with the activation of God's full revelation to man in our lives. We can rebuild ourselves. We can put back that which the devil is taking by going to God's word. That is why it can be trusted because it always fills you up. It always encourages you. It always edifies you. And it will always speak good of you. Verse 22 is clear that we must counter the rebuke, counter the scorn, Counter negative words with the word of God. Why? Because if we are obeying God's word, there will be revelation. If there's revelation, there's joy, there's goodness, and there is peace. In verse 24, sorry, verse 23, it says this. Even malicious, sorry, even princes sit and speak against me, but I will meditate on your decrees. Now we know in Scripture that Satan is defined as the prince of darkness. So when the Scripture says princes plot against me, we know that Satan does not want us to engage with God. He certainly does not want you to activate God in your life. He certainly does not want Jesus activated through revelation in your life. No, he wants everything of this world to be activated in your life. Why? So that you can have the darkness that you're experiencing right now. You can have the confusion that you might be experiencing right now. You can have the conflict that you might be experiencing right now. You can have the sense that you're not enough that you're experiencing right now. He wants you to to be activating this darkness in your life so that God gets far removed from you, so that revelation gets further from you, so that the joy of the life that God has planned for you gets further from you. That is the plan that he is sitting and speaking about. That is the plan that is sitting with his demons plotting against you. Have a look at what verse 23 says that we can do to counter the darkness of these princes of evil. It says we meditate on God's word daily. You see, malicious plots will come against you, demonic and human. I don't know about you, but you can't generally walk through life. Even as a child, you might be listening to this right now as a teenager, and people at school have spoken badly of you. There's a plot against you. When you meditate on the things of the world, you're going to feel downtrodden. You're going to feel persecuted. But when you meditate on the things of God's Word, you're going to know His goodness despite that plot despite those words of malediction against you. Meditate on God's decrees. What are His decrees? Those are His promises. Meditate on how God speaks about you in the heavens. You know what? God, God has heavenly gossip. He speaks about you in the heavens behind your back. He speaks about you in the heavens behind your back. But you know what? He never, ever speaks badly of you. He never, ever, ever highlights your weaknesses. He never ever assumes he always fills with trust. You see, God speaks very well of you in the heavens. So rather dwell and meditate on what God is saying about you than what other people are plotting against you about. Satan is overthrown 
when we meditate on God's Word. Why? Because meditation leads to revelation. Revelation leads to joy and goodness. And joy and goodness is fruitage of Jesus in our lives. And we know that Jesus conquered Satan. Now, you better be saying amen at home because that was good. Congregation here might not be getting it as much as you getting it at home. But you see, when we know that we can overthrow the darkness of this world, the gossip and the slander against us of this world, just simply by dwelling on the Word of God. Now, how can we illustrate these three things, these three or four things? Well, if we think about it, if you're driving along in your motor vehicle and you know that there's a speed limit on the stretch of road that you're on, you, you have a knowledge about the speed limit. But until such time as you activate the speed limit through your foot on the accelerator and you actually start limiting your speed to stay within that speed limit, that speed limit is just knowledge. It's not revelation. It's not activation. It's not changing your life. It's not changing the way you behave. So you're driving along and you know that there's a speed limit. You kind of think that you remember that it's a certain speed limit, but now as you get distracted by the, the, the things that are passing you and the conversation in the vehicle, you tend to forget what that speed limit is. So what do you do? Well, if you're going five miles or five kilometers more than what the speed limit is, is saying you should, you start telling yourself that what you're doing is actually the speed limit. You start justifying your behavior by setting your own rules. Oh, it must be 65 because I'm doing 65. And you continue believing the lie that you told yourself. You've believed another word that it's 65 and not 60 or it's 125 and not 120 or whatever it is. You start believing the word that you've told yourself. And you start going into a process of self-justification. And that self-justification, saying that it's 65 when it's actually 60, starts distancing the law, the speed limit, from you. And in the end, you believe your own truth. You believe your own lies, at least. You believe really well that it's 65 is the speed limit. But then when an accident happens, or when a traffic officer pulls you over to the side of the road and, and writes you out a ticket, or a citation as they call them here in America, as he writes that, that you start blaming the speed limit for not being 65. What do you mean the speed limit's 60? I, I, I really saw it as 65. You start believing your own lies as being revelation in your life. And then you wonder why bad things happen to you. Why goodness doesn't flow. You see, God's word is the speed limit. When we dwell and meditate on God's Word, we know the right guidelines to have a good life. We know the promises that He has for us. And we can dispel our own beliefs, our own laws, our own misconceptions, our own justifications. We can dispel all of that by knowing what the speed limit is. And when we know what the speed limit is, and it's clearly fixed in our mind, we then activate that law, we activate that guideline in our lives, that becomes revelation, and it becomes reality in our lives. And we start sticking to the speed limit, and we have a good life. We have no accidents, and we have no traffic officers pulling us over. We have a good life. Pride brings about self-justification. Self-justification brings about our own set of words and laws. 
and we start believing our own set of words and laws, revelation of God's word and laws gets pushed further and further away until such time as we start blaming them for our situation. When in fact, it's not the activation of God's word in our lives that's failed, it's the fact that we have failed in knowing what God's word is. Psalms 119 is telling us that you know what? We need to have a new, brand new desire to see His Word manifest in our lives. We have to humbly submit to that manifestation of His Word in our lives. We have to be sold out in obedience to that decree, knowing as we know, as we know, that they are good. The world will be telling us that His decrees are for your detriment. They're not going to make you have a good life. I want to tell you the world is sucking life out of you. God's word puts life back in you and it will never ever fail you and it will always be for your good. We need to know that and be obedient to it, knowing that he has the good and the best for us. It also teaches us in Psalm 119, these scriptures that we've looked at, that we need to be constantly meditating on the speed limit. We need to constantly be reminding ourselves of God's promises, God's decrees, God's laws, and be obedient to them. You see, I don't want to just sometimes think that I'm on track with God. I want to be living in the aroma, in the flavor of God's Word. I don't need to know all the Scriptures word for word, verse by verse. That's knowledge. I want to see the activation of that knowledge in my life. I want to see the principles of God being activated in my life. I want to see the revelation of who God is in Jesus Christ being activated in my life. I want to live in that world. That, and call it a bubble. I want to live in that bubble. Because you know what? What's outside the bubble is not good. It's not pleasing. It's not joyful. No, it's condemnatory. It's controlling. It's manipulatory. And it's not going to be working for your good. Have a look at how verse 24 concludes our message today. It says in the New Living Translation, verse 24 of Psalm 119, Your laws please me. They give me wise advice. The New King James Version says this, Your testimonies are my delight, my joy, my encouragement, and they are my counselors. And the message says it like this, Your sayings on life are what give me life. I listen to them as if they are good neighbors. God's word can be trusted. And activating it in your life will always result in goodness. And resulting it in goodness will want you to be, or make you want to be more obedient. God's word is not some throwaway guide to maybe having a good life. No, it is the essence of your life. It is the essence of goodness. And if we can get that aroma, that flavor permeating in our lives, watch all of God's promises start permeating in your life and counteracting all the things that you are suffering from, that you are, are hindered by, and that you are held back by. Watch God's word when activated in your life, in faith, change your life. All the bad will still be there, but it will be counted. It will be opposed by the goodness of God. Just because I believe in God's Word and believe in the revelation of God's Word in my life is not going to change some fundamental flaws that have happened in my life. 
is not going to change some consequences that I might be living out, but it will certainly counter the bad element, the thought process, and give me a good thought process, one of Jesus Christ revealed. And when I say Jesus Christ revealed, that means that everything that He walked on the face of the earth to reveal to you about God is true. That God wants to see you healed. That God wants to see you whole. That God wants to see you fed. That God wants to see your children thrive. That God wants to see you prosper. All of the things that Jesus presented to us will now become activated knowledge and activated revelation in your life. And watch and see what God will do. Let's pray together as we go to the table and receive communion together. Father, we thank you that your word is true, that we can have this revelation joy in our lives, this revelation goodness in our lives, that Jesus, you are the full revelation of God to man. We accept you and we wish you to be activated in our lives right now. We don't want to talk about you anymore. We don't want to think about it anymore. We want to get down and start being activated in walking that life and living that life from this moment forward. Father, thank you that this world is not our God and we do not need to listen to its word. But we listen to your word. We meditate on your word. We humble ourselves in the presence of your word and we change our lives accordingly. Thank you that your word always results in good. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Maybe this is the first time you've ever thought that, hey, I know about Jesus. I know who He is. But I've never really activated what He stands for in my life. I've never started living life by the principles that He showed me. I actually really haven't even got to know some of those principles. I kind of think I know them. I kind of think that somewhere in the Bible it says that giving is better than receiving. But I've never really lived my life by the principles that Jesus has shown me. And that as a result of that, you might be struggling in understanding that the cause of all the hurt and the cause of all the pain is not actually God, but your lack of God in your life. And maybe today Jesus can step into your life and say, yes, I'm now with you. I'm now for you. I'm now walking out ahead of you. And I'm changing things around you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ and wish to activate him in your life, and this is the first time you've ever done this, we do something around here called communion. It means that we, we take a little bit of juice or water and a piece of bread or a biscuit. And we just represent, we use those things to represent Jesus. And just as much as, as activating means taking and doing something, we use these symbols to represent Jesus' body and Jesus' blood. Jesus coming into our lives and now from this moment forward, allowing him to be active in our lives. We do this communion even though we've accepted Jesus before as well as a reminder of what it feels like in our first love, the first time. Just like you, we, we had that love for Jesus and we wanted him activated in our lives. It's an exciting time. If that is you, that you want to activate Jesus in your life, we'd love to help you. We'd love to help you understand the multitude of questions that might be running through your head right now. It's okay. Your life is not going to be bad. We've just discussed this. Your life is going to go on and be good. And we want to help you on towards that life of goodness. If that is you, before you rush off and go and get some, some bread and some water to celebrate the moment with us, 
why don't you just click on the banner, I raise my hand, and just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I want to be part of who Jesus is in my life. I want to activate Jesus in my life. Why don't you go ahead and click that? And while those folk are going through that process, we're going to pray with them. And for those of you who wish to celebrate with them and celebrate Jesus active in your life, well then, you go ahead and, and get hold of your little piece of bread and some juice or some water, and we can celebrate that together. We're going to take communion, and then we're going to pray with those folk who've just activated their life for Jesus and Jesus in their lives. Let's take this body, this biscuit, this cracker, this piece of bread, as it symbolizes Jesus' life. He was real, he walked the planet, and he was the activation of God's word amongst us. He was the revelation of who Jesus was amongst us. Take, eat, and know that Jesus loves you and that he broke his body. He was put to death so that you would know of God's full revelation of his love for us. In times of past, Jesus or blood was spilt and shed to show that the promise was real and genuine and was not a lie and could not be broken. And so Jesus has promised to you today that he will activate goodness in your life if you obey and meditate on him. If you look towards him for direction, his promise that good things will come from your association with him is represented in the cup, a cup of, of juice or water that symbolizes his blood. It's a covenant. It's a promise that cannot be broken. Jesus is now a blood brother. He has shed blood for you and he wants to walk with you and always be with you. So take drink and know that Jesus felt so strongly that he was willing to shed his blood over what he taught us, knowing that it would work in your life. This is Jesus' blood that was shed for you. So now as we celebrate, whether or not this is your first time or you've done it many times, we celebrate that Jesus is active in our lives. We celebrate our lives, being in communion with him, being in unity with him, now I want to just lead us all in a prayer. And you can pray this with me. You can pray this in the room. You can pray it from wherever you are. Even if your family thinks you're crazy or weird, it's okay. Don't believe what they say. Believe what the Word of God says in your life. Let's look at the screen or close our eyes and just pray and say, Hey, Father, I thank you that you are active in my life. I thank you that you sent Jesus to come into my life and be an active part of who I am. I thank you that you are ever-present, that you are changing my life, that I will never be the same. I will always look towards you as my Savior and as my King. Father, I know that you sent Jesus to show who you are in my life. I know that you revealed yourself to me through this moment of accepting Jesus into my life. Holy Spirit, I now ask you to guide me towards that life. I ask you to guide me towards living a life of Jesus, the Word of God, active in my life. And I pray that this world will never take away that which you have placed in my life today. And I receive Jesus' body and I receive Jesus' blood as a symbol that Jesus is active in my life. In Jesus' name we pray. 
And people all over the world celebrated and said amen. People in the room celebrated, changed lives all over the world. We thank you. Please go ahead and click on that banner right now. We'd love to get you some resources and help you along the journey of walking in the revelation of God's word in your life that leads to goodness and to joy. We love you and we thank you for joining us here at Victory Life Church Online. I'm looking forward to seeing you during the weekend. We have a lot of series and a lot of services during the weekend and we'll love to see you alive, well, and full of joy this weekend as we come together from all over the world. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again very soon.